Hey there, welcome to XR Industry Leaders with ArborXR. My name is Brad Scoggin, and I am the CEO and one of three co-founders of ArborXR. We've had the opportunity of working with thousands of companies since 2016. And we've learned a ton about what it takes for XR to be successful in your organization. And I'm Will Stackable, co-founder and CMO. This podcast is all about interviewing the leaders who are on the ground making XR happen today. True pioneers in the space, from Amazon, Walmart, and UPS, to Coke, Pfizer, and beyond to uncover the pitfalls, lessons learned, and secrets that you can use to help grow XR in your organization. All right, well today we get to sit down with somebody who has been in VR almost exactly as long as we have. Uh, Chris Brickler, Chris is the CEO of MindVR. Chris, it's great to have you on the show today. Thanks, Brad, I see you, Will. So you've been in seven years almost like us, uh, but before getting into VR, uh, you have a pretty interesting background from Verizon to working at a production company. I'd love to just hear a little bit about, you know, kind of how that background led you into VR. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'll never forget. It was like 1993. I was down at the UT University of Texas campus and I saw Mosaic for the first time. We were all working on Gopher uh, as a way to communicate on the Internet. And uh, when I saw that, I, I saw that the internet was really going to change our, the way our culture exists. I, I just saw how much disturbance the internet was going to cause once we had a graphical user interface. Uh, I then made it my entire career during the 90s to build out the internet. Uh, I was part of a great team at GTE, building out one of the largest commercial IP backbones uh, at that time that then became uh, a big chunk of the acquisition of GTE to form Verizon. So. Uh, that's when I left and, and moved to British uh, Telecom and ran an internet operations group uh, there for a few years. And, um, and then after that, went into a studio uh, business in, in, in L.A. So uh, I spent 10 years producing content and really getting on the front end of video streaming uh, during the 2000s. Uh, you know, always loved technology, been in SaaS businesses as well. And... Um, you know, when I saw VR for the first time in 2015, a good friend of mine at Oculus was part of the team that got acquired by Facebook. And when they moved up to Menlo Park, I was officing across the street and they showed me the inside track of, of what they were developing at, at Oculus. And I was just blown away. It was my first experience to see immersive technology and content in, in real life. And uh, I just saw the same feelings I had in 1992, 93. I had the same feelings with this technology that this was going to revolutionize the way humans communicate. Um, so that, that's when I came up with this idea with a co-founder of mine in Texas who was running 100 skilled nursing facilities. I had no, at, no, uh, at no point did I have any interest in VR as a game for kids. I just, just, just mm -hmm. not interest me. But when I saw the technology and then I was listening to some of these music inspired therapies in dementia care, I was thinking, wow, what if we could use VR as a tool to really, you know, increase that an order of magnitude in terms of effectiveness uh, of these new sort of immersive therapeutics? And that was 2016 timeframe. Uh, I left my uh, job in San Francisco, moved to Dallas, started MindVR with a great team. And, uh, and I wouldn't say the rest is history because it's been a, it's been an, a great seven years. Uh, I think we're finally arriving after seven years of really proving all of those initial intentions that we had. Um, we're getting all kinds of great data in from our partners at Stanford, from the VA, uh, big studies with CMS going on right now. And all the data is coming back like, this is really a medium that's gonna help improve the lives of older adults. So that's really our thesis is, how can XR technology um, form immersive therapeutics that can provide effective um, 
and, and positive outcomes in the health journey of our aging population. Yeah, I love that. It's uh, we both survived COVID right over the last seven years. And it does. It, it seems like from our perspective, you know, we, we're getting real traction and it seems like everybody we bring on the show has the same sentiment. OK, you know, we, we've survived, we've gotten there and and we're seeing real results. Yeah. Um, you, you kind of touched on it there at the end. Uh, I know you've got kind of I think a pretty much a global reach You're in several countries, mm-hmm. but maybe kind of at a high level. Uh, and we go a little bit deeper, but talk about kind of specifically what what MindVR does and what's what's the goal? Well, the, the goal is to focus on the health of the aging population. We've got the fastest growing population segment that human history in human history. Uh, in 10 years from now, we'll have more people that are 65 or older than 18 or younger. Um, our thesis is uh, that these older people will become more conscious about their cognitive health, their emotional health, their behavioral health, their physical health, uh, and all of those uh, needs and desires from this booming population. We think we can we we think we can help that uh, quite a bit with XR technology. So that's really where we're we're positioned as a, as a business. We do um, operate in the U.S., Canada, uh, Australia, and Europe. And we've got tests going in other countries with uh, different language uh, formats and things along those lines. Um, it's been great working with Arbor to help us build that global network. Um, I think part of uh, our strategy as well is to uh, put these digital therapeutic endpoints uh, into areas that seniors are going to need healthcare needs. Um, and that's really kind of uh, the, the strategy at MindVR to make these digital therapeutics in the immersive format work well and where uh, seniors uh, need them. We've seen some incredible case studies uh, from you guys, you know, and we know that VR, VR therapy can help seniors manage pain, improve their mood, um, increase their short-term memory. Uh, c- could you share a story or two about uh, how VR is making an impact with seniors, even if you have one that a, a specific um, senior care home or something that kind of stands out to you over the last seven years of these moments where you're like, wow, this really, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, there is countless uh, examples of that. Um, we've seen it work across a wide range of indications in healthcare. Um, but most notably probably is in this sort of memory, uh, area, right? So a, a lot of older adults face cognitive impairment, ultimately sometimes leading to dementia. Um, and, and that becomes a very, a very big problem for families and for caregivers. Um, so when we think about how we can relieve some of the symptoms of, of dementia, we would never say we're a cure for any disease whatsoever, but if we can help with therapeutics to help with the side effects of some of these indications, that's, that's a big rock that we're trying to move. Um, when we think about unlocking memories, VR has a tremendous opportunity to, to do this intentionally. So we've created a product called Mind Explorer uh, as an example. And what we do is we essentially allow the care tablet uh, with a person caring for a person with dementia uh, to call up uh, immersive uh, uh, panos from Google Maps, essentially, uh, type in a home address or maybe the chapel that that person got married in or, or a sports stadium of their favorite uh, team, the Cincinnati Reds or whoever that might be. Uh, we take them right to the action. Uh, within seconds, they're in an immersive environment. And what that does is creates an amazing amount of socialization because it's unlocking memories. The power of the medium is so special. Uh, and I think one of the areas that we're, we're seeing a lot of traction is, is the unlocking of memories. 
when socialization mm -hmm. happens, um, what of, often happens in addition to that are improved behaviors. Um, so side effects of dementia often include agitation, and this is very difficult, difficult mm -hmm. for family members. Um, so if we can help change the mood structure wow. as mm -hmm. well with that person and, and create some socialization so they can communicate their needs, they can communicate memories about uh, families, long-term memories typically are still alive and there. The problem is the mechanics, uh, the neural pathways to get the memories into, into the frontal lobe to where they're recognized again. And, and what, what VR does is has some, I mean, we're at the very embryonic stage to some extent, but VR has a lot of promise in terms of helping to unlock those long-term memories. So what, what have been some of the results? I know you have several big studies ongoing, which is exciting you could share about, but also can you give us any specific stories of um, elders that you worked with that had those kind of those memories, as you described, unlocked for them or moved to their frontal lobe if they're hidden yeah. or buried somewhere? Yeah, there was a couple I'll never forget in uh, in a home in New Jersey. They had been married 50 years. Uh, she had uh, a, a pretty, pretty severe case of, of Alzheimer's um, so much that she didn't remember her husband's name, who was sitting in the room with me, or what she had for breakfast. Um, but she was coherent. I could have a conversation with her, and we talked about virtual reality. And then I and then her husband and her were together. And I said, "Well, what's a what's an area or place that you guys found special in your 50-year marriage?" And and he said, "Well, we, Paris is where we had our honeymoon, and we had many family visits there, and blah blah blah." So I said, "Okay." I turned to her. I said, "Would would you like to go to Paris using this set of glasses?" And um, she understood what I was asking, and she said, yeah, and I, you know, you gotta be very gentle and delicate. We have a love, care, compassion model at MindVR where we treat our seniors with a lot of respect and dignity and care because, you know, this is new technology and you're dealing with somebody that has a cognitive disorder. So you gotta be very, you know, careful in how you do this. She said, yes, we then put her into Paris and literally within 30 seconds, she took the glasses off and she was present with her husband and the entire <laughs> room of clinicians telling us about her family, her names of her kids, the family, the places they went to the Eiffel Tower, to the Louvre, to where you know wherever we took them in VR, and it was and it was just uh, tears of joy. I think by ten people in the room, the husband was just amazed by the point that, or by the fact that he could actually have some time to be present and and relive some of those memories was so therapeutic for him. Uh, so you know that that's that's an example, and I could probably talk for another two hours on on examples like that. That's awesome. I love that. Can you can you just clarify one thing for our listeners? When you are are you targeting, you know, senior living centers, hospitals, individuals? What's kind of the target? Yeah. So we really look at the market and say, where do seniors receive care? Um, certainly, seen certainly skilled nursing is a is a big area for us. Tens of thousands of skilled nursing homes across the U.S. Senior living uh, often will have. Uh, multiple components across the continuum of care, including independent living, uh, uh, assisted living, memory care, and then all the way to hospice. Uh, so we find ourselves um, providing our solutions to major hospice providers, uh, to major operators of skilled nursing and, and senior living. Um, but we also find ourselves into outpatient clinics and things along those lines. Um, mm -hmm. We're really developing a whole new set of uh, uh, of capabilities on the MindVR platform that address uh, occupational therapy and physical therapy. Um, we think that's gonna be a big growth area. And, and that often 
uh, is done in the confines of skilled nursing or senior living as well. So we have a deal with uh, Select Rehab, which is the largest contract therapy uh, company in the United States. They have 21,000 therapists in the field that take care of you know, hundreds of thousands of seniors every day in 3,000 locations. It's a massive operation. They've selected MindVR as exclusive provider uh, wow. to arm and provide a whole new tool set uh, for these folks that can help them uh, help the select therapists reach the therapeutic goals faster and better, more effective, you know, with those seniors. So very exciting. There's a, there's a lot of use cases, but uh, I hope that answered your question in terms of sort of who's really using the product today. Yeah. So even, even though we've both been in the space for seven years, I, I still think for a lot of people, and I know the people that a lot of our customers are selling to, it's still a very new technology and each sector has different challenges. So just curious if you could share a little bit, what have been some of the challenges of selling into these senior care centers and how have you overcome those over the years? Well, you know, we've reimagined virtual reality away from this youth culture, this gaming platform, um, and we've transitioned the communication into a healthcare product for the aging uh, senior care marketplace. So, uh, that is a big jump uh, to begin with, because a lot of people think of VR as a game for kids. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've had to reimagine that and, and brand MindVR in a way that uh, positions immersive technology in a totally different light. Uh, that's been a big challenge, but I think it's one that we've got to over seven years now. I think we're at the place where now most operators know that VR is uh, alive and well and is going to disrupt their operations in fairly big ways. So. Uh, where we might have had resistance earlier in the years of development, we're starting to see a floodgate of interest as it relates to ROI improvements so we can train their staff effectively better in, in terms of caring for people with dementia or Parkinson's, uh, diseases that are hard to care for, and often caregivers don't have the right training and skill sets. So the MindVR platform is sitting in these communities and can provide that. Uh, when CIOs and CFOs hear about that, uh, they start to think about the ROI improvements to not just VR as an activity, um, but now VR as a training modality. And then, and then where we're really heading and where all the data is pointing to is in the efficacy around a tool set for occupational therapies and physical therapies, right? So you have those sort of three areas now that are all performing uh, in an ROI level. Um, the, the interest at the C-suites is much higher than we've ever seen it in the seven years since we started this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it, it's it's really fun to watch your videos and you see these senior citizens put on the, you know, the headset and just the joy that comes on their face. But at the end of the day, to your point, there's got to be an ROI. Um, and I think, I mean, so one of the things you all are the first uh, CMS approved VR application, maybe that's the best way to say it, uh, uh, as a supplement to the Medicare Advantage plan. I mean, that's a huge endorsement. That's massive. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's great. We're, we're pushing the regulatory boundaries quite hard right now on a number of fronts, but the good thing is that CMS, which is the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, uh, the major juggernaut in the U.S. healthcare system that controls a lot of the funding around reimbursement for therapies and, and devices, we're, we're finding that XR technology is being received fairly well, and, and we feel like the regulatory climate is thawing out uh, quite a bit because data is coming in behind uh, all the products that we're launching to support this. Um, but 2023 is a big year for, for MindVR and for the industry because this is really the first year that uh, CMS has approved a VR product, in this case, MindVR, as, an, as a supplemental benefit in a Medicare Advantage mm -hmm. plan. So our uh, first customer in that area is AgeWell of New York. 
uh, very progressive uh, plan that uh, serves special needs for a lot of seniors in the New York area. So excited to uh, have that first jump in the market, but also excited to see uh, CMS really uh, being more receptive to, to this immersive technology and really the benefits that it's going to provide. Because if you think about this growing population of older adults that's exploding, I mean, we're going to have more people in 10 years that are 65 or older than 18 or younger. Uh, the caregiver ratio uh, to seniors is decreasing. So mm. w that's a mm. big problem. What, what's going to help that gap, I think, is smart XR AI-powered solutions uh, that can come in and personalize care and help these caregivers take care of more people with less people. You know, it's really interesting. We're seeing this across the board, and I think COVID has sped things up, but this shift to new technologies to help address you know, age-old problems, um, no pun intended. And I think one of the things we've seen, telehealth is a good example, uh, technologies that have been around for a while that are just now starting to get adoption. And part of that is obviously the wheels of, you know, big bureaucracies and government move slowly, but also there needs to be the research there to, to prove that it's effective. And so I'm curious, I know you, you, you've hinted at this, but could you share a little bit about the two kind of major research projects that you're going through, and I know that's connected to actually getting this kind of, this kind of technology validated so that it can get funded properly. Yeah, I mean, we are trying to lead the, the industry in research as it relates to VR and the aging population. Uh, we did complete a study that hasn't been published yet with Stanford, Dr. Jeremy Balenson, who's, a, who's just a really, really uh, renowned researcher in the immersive mm -hmm. space. Uh, he and his team have done a study uh, with over 250 participants, really studying the mood improvements of MindVR and VR in general, but uh, using the MindVR product. And uh, in addition to that, we've been looking at the benefits uh, of caregivers using this technology. So uh, when the study is published, um, you know, everyone will see this, but it's extremely exciting to see the lift um, and what caregivers are saying in terms of how beneficial this is, because it's oftentimes we're finding MindVR is a generational bridge between a very young caregiver and a very older person and with not much in common. So VR can really provide some stimulation uh, for, to build that relationship stronger. And Stanford has really shown that in their study. Uh, second uh, big project we're doing is with the VA. And this is, uh, again, not a published study, but uh, something that uh, the team at the VA uh, actually gave a keynote speech at the International VR Healthcare Association in March of this year, uh, and they shared uh, a number of projects that they're working on, but they chose to spend quite a bit of time on the MindVR pilot, which had just been going for about 90 days. But they're, uh, you know, it was exciting, very exciting as a founder who had this idea seven years ago, and, and fast forward to 2023, VA, one of the most progressive organizations in the world as it relates to immersive therapeutics. Uh, has been doing a clinical study. This is the first time MindVR has been linked to a reduction in pain, a reduction in anxiety, mm -hmm. uh, specific lifts to uh, behavioral improvements with cognitive impaired population. Uh, I mean, this is this is exactly where we saw things, and I'm just so excited and thankful, grateful for the relationship we have at the VA. Uh, in addition, you know, we've been rolling out MindVR into hundreds of uh, veteran homes around the country as well. So you know, our, our commitment to these aging veterans is second to none. You know, we did an interview recently with the VA, and it was one of, honestly, Brad and I's favorite interviews we've ever done, and I've shared it. With, that's one that I do share with my family. Most of the, most of these episodes, I tell my mom, you don't need yeah. to listen. It's not going to. 
But that that was incredible to hear. I mean, they're doing, I think they said over 30 different modalities in all 50 states in Puerto Rico. And uh, what's funny is I, I didn't realize that you were one of those, one of the primary ones. But um, well, I want to I shift a little bit. I know we're kind of coming to the, to the end of our segment. And uh, what everybody, you know, many of our listeners are in the middle of some stage of, de- of deployment, whether it's an early pilot project or they're starting to scale. And everyone's kind of facing the same problems of you have these headsets that are starting to get better and they're starting to be more commercial friendly, but they really are designed, as you've said, for gamers. So could you talk about a little bit just the practicalities of how do you actually do VR in these locations and talk about both the the hardware, maybe the soft side of things, working with the actual patients, and then even a little bit of the logistics on the management and everything? Uh, yeah, you know, we forged a partnership with HTC Vive uh, three and a half years ago. Uh, actually came out of the VIVEX Accelerator program out of San Francisco. Um, really great team at, at Vive. Um, they've very much listened to MindVR in terms of the market dynamics and trying to serve this, this rapidly growing, exploding population of older adults. Um, when we think about VR for older adults, it, we have to think about the ergonomics a little differently. So uh, we're really proud of launching with HTC in North America the uh, Flow. Uh, device, which is a device that weighs 189 grams. It's a pair of glasses. It's not a big headset. There's no strap. And seniors love this, right? So these are the types of advancements that we're working on. We're also working uh, with ResMed. Uh, They have a new division called Contour. Uh, Very smart move on their end where they're building silicone foam uh, face interfaces um, that can allow for longer periods of time in VR which means that we have the ability to use immersive therapeutics um, in, in much more meaningful ways. Um, so it's, it's exciting as we see the product moving ergonomically to fit seniors with lightweight, high processing power devices. Uh, we also have to think about the comfort factor. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's, you know, that's the big challenge in the industry right now, but I think we're, we're, we're making some headway there. Just in comparison, I think the Quest 2 is something like almost 600 grams. So at 189 grams, if you haven't tried the, the Flow, it's worth checking out. Just uh, it's very lightweight. So you've got this fantastic new headset. It's light. It's easy to put on. It's not just light, but it's also the ergonomics, the way the strap's designed. It's, it's designed yeah. to be comfortable. Um, what about, so talk a little bit about the people processes. How do you, is it difficult? Uh, do you, they have to learn how to use controllers? What are some of the, the people issues or challenges you faced in, in actually deploying this? Yeah, so uh, what we, the, the great thing about the MindVR model is that we are providing a solution, a B2B solution to senior operators. Generally, these are clinicians, they're trained staff. Uh, we have the ability to partner with that care staff show them how to use the system, get the seniors moving, show them all the different applications. And by the way, we have new applications coming out every month. So we keep in touch with these caregivers to let them know about the latest new uh, immersive therapeutic that's available on the MindVR platform, whether that's we produce it or we partner with a third party. Um, It's important that we train uh, the folks in the field that are actually gonna administer this. Um, that seems to be working really well. I mean, we've got a great client success team um, and there's just a lot of interaction. We get a lot of feedback from these clinicians as well. Hey, you know, if you did this movement or this movement, you know, it, it would actually help in the routine of therapy better. As an example, we've, we created this uh, really fun butterfly game. You're in a beautiful meadow. There's digital butterflies flying around and, and uh, select rehab. 
uh, the, the head clinicians uh, at that company gave us some feedback and said, you know, listen, if you make those butterflies fly in uh, diagonal patterns that match into PNF, you know, we're actually making physical therapy more fun and it's engaging and we're taking them out of a routine uh, that uh, sometimes isn't the most motivating. So we think MindVR could be really motivating to that senior to actually want to do the therapy and, and not even really knowing that they are yeah. doing the therapy while they're having fun. I love it. I think I've actually seen videos of that. I don't, I don't know if I've had a chance to try that module, but I was actually no. thinking the whole time you're talking, I was thinking I've got to get my hands on one of these. I know you have several different products that are, that are for different uses, but, uh, I've, my, my wife has two, both of her grandmas are in their nineties okay. and would probably love to, you know, go revisit some of the places they used to live. And so anyways, I, I definitely want to want to check this out afterwards and we'll include some, some links in the show notes. If anybody else uh, wants to see that you got to check out, you've got to see the, the new demo video for, uh, the mind VRX or whatever. That's, that's very cool. Um, last question just on practicality. So we always go kind of hardware and then soft side of things, people, what about, yeah. um, this is, you know, what about device management? What about and beyond device management? What about just how are you managing? You're working with thousands of providers all over. Um, what is the, what is the practicalities of that look like for your team? And you just said, that you're constantly developing new apps and new applications. So right. what does the day-to-day -day look like for you guys? Well, yeah, so this is a very new science. I mean, we're building probably the largest immersive therapeutic network um, that I know of that hits healthcare in so many different areas. We've got to have all kinds of processes in place to ensure uh, device um, operability is, is functioning at the highest level. We, so we have uh, this great relationship with Arbor, obviously, that that helps us manage that network. But, you know, as it relates to uh, security, safety, and, and as we move into uh, health and as we lean into healthcare in a much bigger way and we start to think about HIPAA and data uh, privacy, um, you, you know, we, we take a very, very strong look at that and, and operational approach with our network operating control center here in Dallas um, to really govern the health of the network, but also um, provide um, testing as we launch these new third-party apps we have a testing uh, bin that we we do all that first and then when we put it out to the market then we train uh, our customers so we're, we're constantly refining that process um, but I've done this before as it relates to the first you know commercial internet backbone back in the 90s and, and all the scars that we had then building building those networks out um, not too dissimilar from what we're doing right now but uh, um, but I'm really, I'm really impressed by the Arbor tool set, to be honest with you, um, in terms of how we're helping to manage that network. Uh, Chris, as we kind of start to wrap here, I th I've got two, two final questions for you. So okay. one, you have a lot of experience working with different types of healthcare facilities. What advice would you give to a healthcare facility who is not in VR yet, but is interested in starting a pilot? Uh, well, the advice is it's very easy now. Uh, they don't have to go through the scars that we've had over the last seven years. We've actually finally arrived as an industry, I think, where uh, the headsets, the gla immersive glasses technology that we're ushering in with uh, the HTCs of the world, um, along with the content developments as well, uh, mm -hmm. and, and the horsepower of these devices to provide more visual clarity. So when we think about obstacles of virtual reality in senior care, we have to think about 
uh, eyesight uh, issues, right, that often um, come about with, with older people. Um, so we have uh, HTC, we've built in these diameters where you can actually individually focus uh, each eye. Uh, we train staff on how to do that. It's very easy, uh, but, it's, but it's a game changer um, when you can uh, lean into these healthcare uh, facilities and settings with a battle-tested, easy-to-use product that's durable. Um, it can't fall apart and it can't be heavy, uh, a big heavy headset, um, and it can't have cognitive load uh, inside the headset that resembles uh, dinosaur apocalypse, uh, you know, games on, on <laughs> Oculus or whatever that might be. Uh, it's it's got to be very friendly to the healthcare environment. Well, we got we got cut off just a little bit early there with Chris, uh, but overall, I thought that was a really, really interesting interview. I think, you know, the things that stand out to me, uh, the Stanford study, we're really excited to see the results of that. Uh, when you have an institution like that and somebody like Jeremy Balenson uh, engaged, you know it's going to be really good. Uh, but also the CMS approval. I think, I mean, that's a huge deal. I, I think things like that without question really benefit everybody in XR. When you have um, institutions like that validating the effectiveness of XR. I know it's another example of something you'd never hear about on the news. It's under the radar, but tens of thousands of seniors and caretakers are using this technology uh, through MindVR across, I don't know, US, Australia, Canada, the UK, and elsewhere. Uh, and it's it's happening. It's like right under, it's under the radar, mm -hmm. but it, it's it's picking up and it gets me excited. I think they're an example of, we, we've, we've said this many times, but our, a big part of our why with Arbor uh, why we started this company was to be part of uh, the, using this technology to make an impact uh, beyond gaming, beyond entertainment, which is great. But, um, and to me, this is, you know, when he was talking about being able to sit alongside, uh, my, my grandma actually had dementia in, in her later years and she would mm -hmm. oftentimes forget who she was or, who, you know, she would, she'd kind of come in and out of it. And I had the same experience with her that sometimes just asking a specific question mm -hmm. would kind of unlock her brain again in a way and would bring her back to herself. And so um, I think this technology is incredible. And for anybody who has aging parents or grandparents, um, I'd encourage you to check it out. We'll make sure to include links in the, in the show notes. But I think this type of thing could really be a powerful tool for, um, for, for people. And like he said, this is the largest growing demographic segment uh, mm -hmm. in history. And uh, all of us are going to be, um, you know, in the same population at some point. So it's a technology to check out. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's worth just saying or acknowledging just his willingness to stick this thing out, to make it through COVID and to get to a point now where the technology is converging with the demand with, you know, several things are converging and we're feels like he's getting very close to critical mass, which is, again, I think exciting for all of us who are in XR. Uh, well, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us and make sure you check us out wherever you watch or listen to podcasts. See you next time.